Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I have a question for you. Actually, I have a couple. Do you long to let go of expectations, obligations, and distractions? Do you long to live with more peace, presence, and purpose? And do you wish you could do less and live more? Then I want to invite you to a new mini course called Do Less, Live More. It's going live in September, and then you'll be able to access it via replay. On it, I'll give you my five-step roadmap to get you on your way to doing less of what doesn't matter so you can live more of what does. But seats are limited, so make sure to go and get your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. In the course, you'll learn how to clarify your one thing to focus on that will make the biggest difference in your life. You'll learn to create space and break free from the distractions. And you'll learn to commit to creating a plan and taking action on the right things. Do you want to reach your destination and enjoy the journey? Then you don't want to miss out on this. Remember, we'll be live in September. And after that, replays will be available. So go get all the info and your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. Now let's get to today's episode. Hey friend, I'm Lissa Figgins, and you're tuning in to the Repurposed After 40 podcast. If you're an after 40 woman, or will be one day, who struggles to keep all the plates spinning, I see you. And if you long to simplify the demands in your time, resources, and energy, this is the place for you. Each week, I invite you to push pause and join me to consider how to clear the clutter in your life, home, and business. We're all about creating a simplified and spacious life that allows you to do less and live more. One of the best tips I can give you is to start your day with a simplified morning plan that focuses on what matters most before the demands of the day take over. That's why I put together a free resource just for you. So be sure to visit lissafiggins.com forward slash AM or grab the link in the show notes. Now, let's dive into today's episode and create a simplified life. Hey friend, how simplified is your life lately? Are you ready to dive in and start removing stuff from your life? Good. You're going to love how spacious your life feels as you remove the excess and get back your time, your energy, and your resources so you can invest those in what truly matters most to you. But just in case you're new to the podcast or you haven't been on for a few weeks, you might want to go back and listen to episode 78 about the cost of your clutter and the benefits of simplifying. Or episode 69, where we demystified two common misconceptions about simplifying. Or episode 70, where we talked about clarifying your purpose behind your simplifying. And even episode 71, where we dove deep into your personal motivation for accumulating more stuff and how to redirect that desire as you simplify. I know, you may have said to yourself, can we just get to the good stuff? I promise you, laying the foundation first before you even remove one item from your space will not only make the first steps easier, but it'll actually make continuing a no-brainer and maintaining a breeze. Because the worst thing you could do is to create space, only to have that space fill up with something else again, right? So now that you have a simplified mindset that's focused on your purpose, you're ready to start taking action. But I gotta warn you, it might get messy, which is why we're gonna keep this episode short, sweet, and very practical to get you moving. To help you get started, I've put together a top 10 list of tips for simplifying your stuff. But first, I want to ask you, 
How do you know when enough is enough? First, let me share a quote with you from the book Enough by Patrick Roan to help shape your definition of enough. He says, Enough comes from trying things out. It comes from challenging your preconceptions. It comes from having less, trying more, then reducing to find out what is just right. It comes from letting go of your fear of less. It comes from letting go of the false security of more. It also comes from having more, losing it all, and finding out what need really is. Enough is hard work. Now, I hope that didn't scare you. These tips are going to help you get started with that. And remember, what is enough for you may look different from what is enough for me or other people around you. And that's okay. Because remember, we've been saying this is a personal journey, a journey to discovering what matters most to you and what gets your attention in the season of life that you're in in the life that you're designing. So got a pen and paper or the notes app open on your phone? Good. Let's go. Number one, define your why. I know, I know, I can't say it enough. Clarifying why you want to create space and what will allow you to do, what that will allow you to do instead that really matters is so important. If you haven't already, write down one to three reasons for decluttering your life. I'm serious. Actually write it down. Here are a few ideas to get you started. I want to get out of debt and start saving money for retirement. I want a schedule that's less hectic with things always demanding my attention. I want to be available to help my aging parents or my growing grandkids. I want to travel and see the world or experience new people and things. I want to spend more time volunteering in my area or serving on the mission field. I want to downsize to a smaller home to have less to care for. I want to stop working for someone else and grow my business. I want to invite others over without worrying about what a mess my house is. I want to spend my evenings with my family, not straightening up the house again. Now, when you've written down your goal or goals, personally, I love to use post-it notes. Anyone else got a sticky reminders hanging all over the place? Post it somewhere that you will see it often. You'll need it when you lose interest or question why you even started. And I highly recommend sharing your why with others, especially your family. They may not be jumping up and down with the opportunity to clean up and clear out, but they will be grateful for the benefits. And who knows? They may join in the fun too. Number two, start with the obvious. It's tempting to want to start digging through the basement, attic, or garage, but I got to warn you, if you start there, chances are you'll be overwhelmed and lose steam quickly because you're not seeing results fast enough. Instead, look around at the spaces where you spend the most time, your kitchen counter, the living room, your office, the bathroom, your dining room table, and find some quick wins. Chances are there are plenty of things just sitting around you've been meaning to get to, or they're just collecting dust. So why not remove the distractions and feel that sense of calm immediately? The key is to start small and easy in areas where you will see and feel the positive changes. You can probably do a good sweep of your main areas in under an hour. Or if you really want to start small, use the seven minute challenge I shared. Set a timer for just seven minutes and declutter till it goes off. Here's what I want to tell you. Don't try to tackle the hard stuff just yet. Keep it simple for now. Tip number three, sort into three bags. You may recall the story I shared in an earlier episode about how my kids would get distracted while cleaning up their room. And so I gave them three grocery bags with throw away, put away and give away written on them in Sharpie marker. Then all they had to do was sort the items that didn't belong into the bags. 
that kept them on task rather than getting distracted when they went to find a garbage bag or the home where something else belonged and got distracted playing with their toys in another room. And this trick works for us after 40 women too, because life can get just as cluttered, right? And just as distracting. So decide on the space where you'll focus, set your timer, find the items you don't use anymore, the ones you can easily part with, the things you should have removed long ago, and put them into those three bags. Then when your allotted time is done or the space has been cleared, just take those three bags and deposit the items in their new permanent home and look around and breathe in the spaciousness. Tip number four, touch every item. This may sound like a lot of work, but I promise you it will be less work to fully do this now than to come back again and again and again. If you're working on a shelf, take everything off. If you're addressing a drawer, take everything out. If you're dealing with a pile, pick it up and move it somewhere else. Then physically pick up every item and decide whether it will go back in that space or in one of your three paper bags. There's magic in this tip because when you touch things, you're forced to make a decision about it. Perhaps you've seen Marie Kondo and her method of touching items to determine if it adds joy. It's kind of like that, but you do it your way. Here's the question to ask. Is it truly adding value? If it's taking anything away or even just taking up space, out it goes. Only keep what benefits you and the life that you want to live moving forward, not who you were before. Tip number five. Eliminate the duplicates and the what ifs. Let's be honest. How many times have you not been able to find something? So you grab another one at the store only to find the original one you had. And now you've got two or more. Do you really need more than one? Marie Kondo also has a smart strategy where she has people go gather all the items of the same category from wherever they are in the house and put them in one place. So you can see how many you truly have and then decide how many you truly need which ones will stay and which ones will go. Remove the redundancies. Chances are you won't use two of them at the same time ever, right? Speaking of which, how many of us are guilty of hanging on to the what ifs? You know, those items you haven't used or worn in years, but you hang on to just in case the need arises. Let's be honest. If you haven't used it this long, most likely you won't have a need in the near future. And if you let go of the what ifs and suddenly you find you need something, you can always go to the store and pick that up. Exhibit number one, the clothes you used to fit into that you're saving just in case you're that weight again, right? If they are ones from when you were thinner and you're waiting for the day to wear it again, perhaps keep a favorite item as a motivation and only fill your closet with the clothes that flatter you now. And if they are clothes that you wore when you were larger and you're fearful you might gain back the weight you lost, burn the ships and donate them. Decide there's no going back for you to that size. Besides, those things that are waiting for a rainy day could see the light of day somewhere else. Which leads me to number six, give new life to what's no longer loved. Those clothes you used to fit into, the kitchen gadget you thought would save you time, the decor that's just collecting dust. What if instead of it taking up space, as well as your time, energy, and focus, and causing stress, you give it to someone who would use it more often? Generosity is the antidote to accumulation. But oftentimes we've confused needs with wants. True? True. Compared to most of the world, you are wealthy and have more than you truly need. So what if you bless someone else with the excess you rarely think about that can make all the difference in their world? As you go through your stuff, make it your goal to give away more than you put away. 
chances are you won't miss it. And if you really do, you can drive down to Goodwill and pay $3 to get it back. Doubtless that day will come and that thing you thought you needed will be long forgotten by you, but loved by someone else. And as they say, tis better to give than to receive. Tip number seven, create self-imposed boundaries. If you only have so much space, you are forced to make choices about what stays and what goes. Again, start small. If you're looking at all the books taking up multiple bookshelves, decide you will keep one shelf of books. This will help you in sorting through what you really want to hold on to because of how often you refer to it or use it and what you don't. You can do the same for the overflowing sock drawer or the mitten basket that has all those mittens that aren't even matched anyway. Give yourself permission to keep some things, but with healthy boundaries. Perhaps the day will, you, one day you'll be ready to cancel your storage unit contract and decide that all, your, all you own needs to fit in your home that you already pay the mortgage on. But that may need to wait till you create some small wins first with more immediate items in your life. Tip number eight, decide to deal with things right away. This is my rule, especially when it comes to paperwork. How many unopened, unread, and unfiled pieces of paper do you have laying around, cluttering up the counters, desks, coffee tables, and nightstands? Seriously, I can feel my heart beating faster when I see that pile of neglected mail, wondering what all it contains that I need to deal with. So instead of letting it pile up and then take over an entire afternoon to go through, decide you'll take the five minutes when your spouse leaves their paper on the counter, or the mail gets delivered to your mailbox, or your kids or grandkids unpack their backpack at the kitchen table. Most of it can probably go in the file marked recycling, and now you'll have less to put where it belongs. So in a few minutes, you'll have a clear counter and a clear head. Doesn't that sound better? You may even want to schedule in a few minutes each day or each week just to deal with things they don't scream for your attention any longer than they have to. Tip number nine, keep only your favorites and put them in a place that you will appreciate them. One of the hardest categories to simplify is your keepsakes and memorabilia. So many memories are connected to those items, but if they're stored away in a corner or shoved in a drawer or a box, are they really helping you to relive those moments? You may have seen the recipient of family items. You may have been the recipient of family items passed down when a relative passed on or downsized, but that doesn't mean you have to keep them all. What if you pull out your favorite one or two items from that pile and put it out in a place where you'll see it and remember that person more often? That's what I've done with the stuff that my kids have outgrown. We've created a basket of their favorite toys to have ready for when grandkids come one day. And in the meantime, they often get used by little ones who are at our house with their families. Maybe for you, it's jewelry or serving dishes from your great-grandmother. So what if instead of cramming them in the hutch or the jewelry box, you pick out your favorite and put it on display so you'll think of her every time you see it. And the rest, you can pass on to another family member or donate to someone who would treasure them and use them. And number 10 is to challenge yourself to try living with less. Too often, we cannot imagine life without all our things. But what if you create an experiment? just a short period of time to help you experience life with less stuff, but without permanently removing it. You can always welcome it back if you really can't live without it. In this book, The More of Less, that I've been referring to through this series, Joshua Becker shares a simple formula for creating your experiment with living with less. Are you ready? Here you go. I will live without, fill in the blank, four blank days, weeks, or months. And at the end of that time, I will decide either yes, I can live without these things and pass them on, or no, I still need them and put them back. 
My guess is, more often than not, you'll find you were just fine, or perhaps better off without them. The only way to know is to try. So Joshua shares a few ideas of experiments in his book, including the 333 Project, where a woman chose to have only 33 items in her closet to wear for three months. Or a packing party, where a man packed up all the things in his house and only opened a box if he really found he needed them. And guess what? A few weeks later, most of it was still boxed up. Or leveling, where you move items you want to test living without to another floor of your house. Or just another room if you're in a one-story on a slab. So that way, you have to put in more work to go get it when you think you need it. Do any of those inspire you? A few years ago, I was inspired by the book Seven by Jen Hatmaker to create my own less is more experiment. In her book, Jen tells the story of when she decided to go to the extreme to challenge excess in seven areas, clothes, shopping, waste, food, possessions, media, stress, only by allowing herself seven choices in each area for an entire month. Yes, she only had seven items in her closet for 30 days and seven types of food to choose from in her fridge for 30 days. And she shares the valuable lessons that she learned along the way in her book. Now, I wasn't quite ready to pair things back that much, so I decided to create my own four experiment. For four weeks, I simplified my choices. Don't worry, I didn't go down to four pieces of clothing or four things I ate or even seven, but to much less than usual in those four categories. And the four categories I chose were clothes, food, shopping, and stress. What I found was that I got ready in the morning faster with less to choose from. I reached for healthier food, less to fill my plate with. I spent only on the things that were necessities like food and gas and saved all those miscellaneous costs. And I got time back that would have been spent on other things and causing me stress. I didn't make that amount of stuff my new normal long-term, but it did teach me that I was better off with less and I could let go of a lot more than I thought. So what experiment are you going to create? Maybe it's in your closet. Maybe it's with what's decorating your home or what's in your kitchen drawers or maybe even some extra pieces of furniture. I'm guessing you'll discover the difference between needs and wants and find that intentionally removing the distractions creates space for what matters. I can't wait to hear. So share your experiment with me and results so I can be cheering you on. Before I set you loose on simplifying your stuff, I thought you might find it interesting to look at the results of someone who did just the opposite. Someone who collected as much as he could because he could as a king. And guess what? He found it was meaningless. That man was King Solomon. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon journals his quest for filling his life with excess to find out what is good and not deny himself anything his eyes desired. But what's interesting is what he discovers. When I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I don't know about you, but I don't want to learn that lesson the hard way. I'd rather discover what really matters by simplifying. You too? Okay, now it's time. Right now, I want you to push pause. Go find one item to remove from your space right now. And then find the next. And the next. And before you know it, you'll be basking in the spaciousness of a simplified and purposed life. Speaking of what matters most, I wanted to let you know I'm taking a Sabbath rest from my podcast for a few weeks in order to experience the trip of a lifetime with my daughter before she heads off to college. So while I'm away... Keep coming back to these tips to simplify your stuff. And when I return, we'll talk about how to maintain a simplified life. Sound good?
Thanks for tuning in to the Repurposed After 40 podcast. I trust this episode inspired you with practical ways to clear the clutter once and for all so you can invest your time, resources, and energy in what matters most. Because a simplified and spacious life allows you to breathe again and recommit to your purpose. Don't forget to grab your simplified morning plan to start your day focused, not distracted. You can find the link in the show notes below or on lissafiggins.com forward slash podcast. And may I ask a quick favor before you go? Posting, sharing, or reviewing this podcast helps us share the message with more women like you that a simplified life is possible. And until next time, my friend, remember, do less so you can live more.